25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the rest right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Look at here, look at here, look at here. Hour number two is underway, baby. It's all about you. How y'all are? I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. Yes, sir. And staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire. Uh, thanks to everybody who called in in the first hour on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Check them out, DiviniEquipment.com. Deals going on in the hunting stuff. Got a new ATV there. It goes 40 miles per hour. You can just, you don't have to shoot a deer, just run him down, lasso it. <laughs> and more at Divinity. Y'all call me on the phone at 995 1059. 601 number 995. 1059. The text line super duper active here on a Friday. It's all those people at work are listening to the show and texting. I know what you're doing. That's okay with me. I'm not telling on you. Stay cool, my babies. <laughs> 885 ESPN. That's the number to text. Also 885-3776-601. Area code. I saved this one. It's a good way to start hour number two on a Friday. 100 grand on the text line says. Matt, it's Friday. I'm already hype. I'm going. But why not let the boom rip? Let me have some ice cream and cake. Yeah. Come on. Get up. Right around Jackson. Roll your windows down and turn it up. To 11. Let's go. Does that not get you fired up? Brother, let me tell you something. You have high school jamborees happening all over the state of Mississippi tonight on the high school gridiron all around you. You need to go check them out. Y'all ought to to see Roger. The man can't sit still. Roger can't sit still when the boom comes on. And he has an extra volume knob. He turns it up to 22. Yeah. 
gummit. We got some great speakers in here from back when this used to be a music station years ago. Yeah, right. Sounds good. You know, Roger, you know what you and I are going to do the next time I come there. And I know that generally we're talking about in the lunch hour, so not everyone will be there. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to film it. I'm going to I'm going to record it with my phone Uh-oh. or with a camera. And we're going to open the door. We're going to turn the in-studio in speakers up, and we're going to play that song. We're going to play something from the Sonic Boom, enough to rattle some of the glass in the studio windows there. And we're going to record the reactions of our coworkers. How about that? And we're just going <laughs> to see. come down the hall be popping and bopping. <laughs> right. I just want to see it. You know what this I mean? Is, this, that's, I've thought about that. It's, it's so unusual. I can't imagine other people people's workplace because i've been to offices before you know like yeah non-radio offices i mean and here you come in the front you're able to hear something jamming in the you're gonna hear some music right maybe two or three different kinds right one time right that's right hey look uh, lots of stuff over here on the text line uh again thanks to 100 100 grand for the uh daily reminder to play little sonic boom i'm gonna get some more songs from them too um from their website i think i'm just gonna play them celebrate them all right, we were talking about the uh, injustice of Steve McNair not getting the Heisman in 1994. Somebody texted in, unnamed texter said, the same thing surrounds the injustice in the case of McNair is what you see in all-conference, all-American placements as well. It's all about the brand on your helmet, and these so-called analysts and media don't study players in depth that aren't playing on top 25 teams, if not top 10 only. Let me give you the best example, most recent good example. Listen to me, Jonathan Abram, last season at Mississippi State, number 38 in your program, number one in your heart. Maybe the number one safety in all of college football last year. If it was Delpit or somebody else, okay, fine. He, what was Abram? Number two, number three. He's top three safety in all of college football last year. First round draft pick ultimately. And your very own analysts... In college football, Herb Street, I'm calling him by name. Some of the guys, even that are analysts for the SEC Network, I don't have anything against them. I'm just telling you the truth. Some of those, quote, analysts, quote, media, didn't even know Jonathan Abrams' name until he was selected in the first round of the NFL draft by the Raiders. So to say that they don't watch some of the games and don't know if they're not a top 10 brand, you, sir... are exactly right. Hey, and Trey, on my Twitter feed, you are dead wrong. Trey, on my Twitter feed, said, does Radio Wyatt know he's playing Neck and not Sonic Boom? Trey, Neck is the name of the song. (laughs) That is the Sonic Boom version of the song Neck. And we can't play the LSU version. You donut? Yeah, we can't play the uh, LSU version. Thanks for the special verse. Thanks for the tweet, and thanks for listening, Trey. JR says, I don't think millions of people saw Steve McNair play that year. They were never on TV, even though they should have. No, they did. Millions of people saw his highlights. You know why? Because he was on SportsCenter every day. JR, again, that's the other thing. We're all old enough to kind of remember this deal. Like an 18-year-old kid today, this is foreign to them. They Highlights, I mean, it's just on Twitter. It's on your computer. Well, it wasn't in 94. In 1994, 
every sports fan in America got up and the first thing they did was turned on Sports Center with Dan Patrick. <laughs> Appointment viewing. Appointment viewing in the morning was this one hour show and they put the highlight, they put the show on loop for three hours. If you missed it at seven, don't worry, you get it at eight. And to have your highlights displayed and raved over by the Sports Center anchors on Sports Center was a huge deal. When your team had a good play or a good game, you watched all of Sports Center to see if they were going to show it. Because you couldn't pick up a phone and watch it. And that's the thing. Steve McNair was wall to wall on Sports Center every week during the 94 season. That's how he became Air McNair. Somebody on Sports Center gave him the name. So, yeah, millions of people did see it. Maybe not whole games, but they saw it. And Miko says, and this is the thing that's just, look, people get through the cracks. But this thing right here, man. And Steve McNair is not the only example. Miko on the text line is ringing this bell, and it should never be silenced. This ought to be something that rings forever as a constant reminder. Miko says, think about this, Matt and Roger. Mississippi State, he says TSUN, meaning Ole Miss, recruited McNair to play safety. He turned them down because they didn't want to give him a shot at quarterback. Let me tell you something right now. Folks, you want state fans, you want to throw up you ready? To, you want to get sick and lose your lunch? I know you don't, but you're about to. Can you imagine Steve McNair in 1993 and 1994 throwing passes to Eric Moulds and handing the ball to Michael Davis and Kevin Bowie behind that offensive line at State? Can you imagine? And it's my coach, Coach Cheryl. Love him to death. He did so much for State. Took us to the SEC Western Division Championship. Man, I put on a uniform and ran out in the Georgia Dome in a championship game with Keith Jackson in the booth. Look, Coach Cheryl did so much. I'm not hounding on a mistake by he and staff, but just think about it. The 94, 93, the 94. Running back, Michael Davis, Kevin Bowie, Kiefer McGee. Tight end, Kendall Watkins, later with the Dallas Cowboys. Receivers, Chris Jones from Tupelo and on one side, and Eric Moulds from Loosedale <laughs> on the other. <laughs> Can you imagine Steve McNair as a quarterback in that offense? And I love Derek Tate. A teammate of mine who was older than me and did a heck of a job those years. But Derek would tell you, holy cow, man. Can you imagine? Didn't want to give him a shot to play quarter. You're talking about a miss. No doubt. We're talking about the... You, uh, you got to go back on Tyler Tyler's uh, joke that he told during the gridiron show. That's pretty good. Okay, is it on here? It's the next one up from me. Okay, I'm seeing it. Yeah, because Tyler texts in on the text line. He goes, it's hard not to be unique when no one else is allowed to use artificial noisemakers. 
Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Tyler. But he makes up for it with the line right before it. Okay, so he it, today is National Joke Day, and he sent in a joke to Chris and the guys that said, uh, husband to his wife. What do you think the neighbors would say if I cut the yard naked? The Probably wife would, that I married you for money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remember that one. <clears throat> National Joke Day. Two guys walked into a bar. You'd think the second one would have ducked. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, man. I got another one for you, Roger. You ready? Go for it. Three-legged cat walked into the saloon. You know what he said? What did he say? I'm looking for the man that shot my paw. <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty good. <laughs> I can't tell any of mine on the air. <laughs> that's, and let's Come on now. You got to come up with some clean jokes. I tell you, the punchline is no. Can I see it walk fast? I'll give you one more, and then I'm moving on to more texts. You ready? A southerner wants to go ice fishing. He drives north, gets his auger, and starts drilling a hole in a frozen pond. A voice comes out of the sky and says, There are no fish beneath the ice. The man looks in the sky and says, God, is that you? And the voice comes back and says, No. I'm the manager of the skating rink. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Got him. Roger's laughing. There's man, nothing. Where'd you get these jokes? Hey, Roger, let me just tell you something, man. After doing another show for like seven years before this one, you just don't know how happy it makes me to be on the air with somebody who laughs at my jokes or just laughs in general. It's capable of laughing. You don't know what that means to me. I work work with people like that. I do know. Yeah. It's like working with a millennial. You say something funny and they just go, huh? Huh? Like, come on, man. You want to just shake them and go. All right. uh, Roll Tide Blair on the text line. Not Not an Auburn fan, but how is the Eagles soaring around the stadium not on the list? Look, I totally agree with that. They, on the college football top 10 traditions list at Sports Illustrated, they had Auburn at number five, but for Toomer's Corner throwing the toilet paper up in the trees. And now think about the irony. What is toilet paper made of? We're going to kill trees, make paper, and throw it at trees. It's just cruel. No. But, but really, yeah, I would definitely have Auburn at number five, but it would be for that eagle soaring around the field before the game. Here is um, everybody's favorite question. Who will start at quarterback for Mississippi State? I do think it's going to be Tommy Stevens. I'll make that call. Others made it sooner, so I can't take credit. It'd be Steve Robertson, probably the first to – well, I know he's the first on this show to just come right out and say it. Here is a very important announcement. I think of Will Ferrell playing the part of Ron Burgundy in the movie – Anchorman, when he stood on the diving board at his pool party and said, Can I have everyone's attention? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And then, of course, he did a cannonball. Blair from Brandon says, The sonic boom. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Sorry. They really got to have him fast. Okay. He says, The sonic boom 
is doing a pregame concert next Thursday at the Mississippi Braves game? Man, two oh. things you love in one place. Hold on a minute. Thursday, okay, so we're talking the 22nd. Let's make sure we get that right. Blair, let me know. If it's Thursday, August 22nd at the Mississippi Braves game, a pregame concert from the Sonic Boom from Jackson State, yeah. I'm coming. I'll be hey, there. Man, if you talk to Bo right, he'll probably get you tickets. Could Bo get me to throw out the first pitch? Man, I really want to do that so bad. He threw out the first pitch. I know. And, and, and did a and, darn good, excuse me, I did a good job. He's Bo's pretty athletic. Yeah. For a little guy. Yeah. He's left-handed, though, isn't he? He's short, but he sure is slow. Uh, he, Bo's a pretty decent athlete, I think. Nah, yeah, you're right. Just ask him. No, I'm kidding. He's. <laughs> I, I think he was. Uh, I would love to throw out a first pitch. I'm. I'm openly lobbying to get to throw out a first pitch at a Braves game. Just because. Just because. I'm Bucket not. List. Maybe I'm not popular enough yet. You know. Maybe I'll get there. But look, if they're doing a pregame concert, Sonic Boom for the Braves game on Thursday, August twenty second, I'll be there. And All right. Bring the bring the little one because there'll be fireworks. Really? Always fireworks. Bill. Big show. Bill is thanking us for playing some Sonic Boom, and Bates says that his two boys have a junior high jamboree tonight, and I got his adrenaline pumping by playing a little Sonic Boom. So I'm talking about. Hey, look at, hey, hey, Roger, look, before we go to Don, look at the text line at the picture that Bates sent in. You see that? Actual proof that Chris works. That is a picture. I'm going to tweet that picture. I'm going to save that picture and tweet it right now. That is Chris Brooks, the host of the Gridiron on The Zone in Jackson. With his mutant calf muscles. Look at the calf muscles on this guy. What has Chris been doing? They play at soccer or something? I, I look, it now you see why I pick on I say I pick on him about it. It's just like you can't not notice it. Hey, look at the other guy, the picture. No, no offense, other guy. Listen. You're you know, normal. there's this joke. <laughs> there's this joke out there about these big muscle-bound meatheads who they don't. They have little bitty skinny stick legs because all they do is work out their upper body. You've yeah. all seen them. Their butts not even big enough to hold their britches up. They got <laughs> toothpicks for legs, yet they look like they can bench. You know, three fifty. They're in the big traps and stuff. They they know they are skipping leg day. That's the joke. He's been skipping leg day. Chris has been skipping everything but leg day. What does he do? <laughs> Sit around and watch TV doing calf raises? Chris! Got, got one of those little machines. He kind of pushes like an accelerator. I'm going to have to save this picture for people and tweet it. I'm going to send it out there. Save the image. It'll be on my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt, in just a few minutes. All right. Don has been hanging on long enough on the Divinity Equipment phone. Hey, Don, what's up? Hey, Matt. How you doing? Just right. Thank you. Wanted to tell you a joke. My father-in-law told me before he passed away oh, about a decade ago. I always thought it was real cute. How does an Eskimo catch fish? How's that? He cuts the hole in the ice and then kicks the polar bear in the ice hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's a favorite. It's one of my favorite, Don. It's one of my favorite. Attaboy. Appreciate you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. You had just made your... Uh, your semi stand up comedy debut. There you I go. Think he used to, to work near an ice hole. <laughs> How far can we take this, Roger? I mean, it's like it's kind of like we, we may be approaching the edge. It's you're right. I'm typing up my tweet right now about Chris. It appears at MS Gridiron has been skipping everything 
<laughs> I can't type everything but leg day. Respect my authority! <laughs> Man, this guy, what has Chris been doing, really? You don't a dream just, job, man. He gets to come in here early in the morning, take your old time slot, yeah. talk a little sports, get with the folks, and then go out and take pictures and watch athletes all day. Yeah, and we can pick on him, but let me just say this about it. <clears throat> if you've never gotten a hold of Mississippi Gridiron Magazine, the high school stuff, especially a hard copy of the magazine. Um, pictures are great. Well, I mean, he does a great job. Not only on the pictures, but how the thoroughness of division and classification and team previews and it's just it's great. So they really do a good job. They really do. I'm not just picking on him. <clears throat> Fluffy has sent a really long text. He said it's long but worth it. So Fluffy, what I'm going to do is read through it since the music has started, and we'll. Get it out there in just a sec. The top 10 college football traditions, according to Sports Illustrated, and the ones that are left off the list. State's first opponent this year, by the way, Louisiana, is making news for the weirdest thing I may have seen in a long time in terms of a decision by a coach. And I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Here on the show, in the Farm Bureau studio, stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Number one, Sooner Schooner, Oklahoma. Best tradition in college football, according to Sports Illustrated. So is that when they have the covered wagon and the horses pull it around the field and stuff out there at Oklahoma? Is that what that is? Or... or they run across there, like, lead the team out. Isn't that what that is? Kind of like the, was that dog food? <laughs> they had the little wagon. Dogs chasing it through the kitchen. Yeah. Boomer, is it, did I say it right? Boomer Schooner? Boomer Sooner. Sooner Schooner. It's not Boomer Schooner, it's Sooner Schooner. And there it is. Sooner Schooner is an official mascot of the sports teams of the University of Oklahoma. Pulled by two white ponies named Boomer and Sooner. That's where we get Boomer from. It's a scaled-down replica of the Studebaker Conestoga wagon used by settlers of the Oklahoma Territory back in the late 1880s. Studebaker was around longer than I thought they were. (laughs) It sure was, wasn't it? So Sooner Schooner. Yes, when the horses pull the covered wagon. Hey, speaking of joke day, Roger, I heard... uh, Ron Polk speak at a roast for Jack Crystal. This is probably 10, 15 years ago. They 
had a thing for Jack Crystal in his hometown here of Tupelo. A roast to raise money. And uh, lots of people came. It was great. And Ron Polk just slayed. One of the jokes I remember he told is, um, he said, well, you know, Jack Crystal's family came to this part of the country and he gave the date, he said, in a covered wagon. And then he paused and he said, and if you'd seen the family, you'd know why the wagon was covered. <laughs> Very good. Very good stuff. Yeah, he could you get the idea he spoke at a lot of events. Oh, man. he Ron Polk was speaking at a first pitch banquet at Northeast Community College 13 years ago or so, 12, 13 years ago. I was there kind of as an MC. And when he got up to speak, all he did was like roast me and one other guy for about 30 minutes. <laughs> he had the people rolling. What he said about me was, Coach Polk said, yeah, I remember watching Matt play football in college. I always noticed when they put him in the game, they'd always put in five new offensive linemen with him. And then one day I realized they were all the best t- tacklers on the team, meaning I was inevitably going to throw an interception. And he said, yeah, one day um, somebody threw a football at practice. Matt wasn't looking. It came through the crowd and hit him right in the nose and broke his pointer finger in three places. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's Coach Pope. <clears throat> Number two college football tradition, according to Sports Illustrated, Howard's Rock at Clemson. They run down the hill, touch the rock. Number three, dotting the eye at Ohio State where they use a famous person to dot the I when the band spells out Ohio. Number four, Ralphie's Run, Colorado. That is really cool when that buffalo comes running out through there. It is really cool. Well, it impressed me to get a whole herd of them. Yeah, that's right. Let's see, <laughs> let's see you handle that. See how the turf holds up. <laughs> Number five, Tumor's Corner, Auburn. Number six, the 12th man at Texas A&M, instituted by Jackie Sherrill. Number seven, Country Roads, West Virginia. That's really cool. Look that up on YouTube. You talk about cool. They sing the song? Yes. Every West Virginia fan in that stadium, Roger, stays there. And And at the end of the game, they all sing Country Roads. They start with the PA system that begins the song with John Denver. And then they turn the music down, and the whole stadium just sings it. And what school is this? West Virginia. West Virginia. Oh, Mountain Mama. Mountain Mama, yeah. Blue Ridge Mountains. That's right. Shenandoah Valley. Yeah. Buddy, I'm telling you. All right. Let's see. And number eight, Cowbells, Mississippi State. Really cool. When and, and don't quote me on the year, but we're talking, what, 2009, 2010, somewhere in there, where the whole um, you know compromise with the SEC on the noisemaker rule regarding cowbells, because it is a tradition. That's when Scott Strickland and Mark Keenum negotiated that at SEC spring meetings in, uh, meetings in Destin with the rest of the league, came back and said, okay, we've got this done where we're, you're not in danger of losing the cowbell tradition, but in, as fans, you've got to do something. You've got to ring them responsibly. Now, there are a few people that don't pay attention, but by and large, a majority of the fans in the stadium will do that. When the, center, the opposing center gets over the ball, they stop ringing the cowbells. And the very first year that they tried it, I could not believe it. I thought there's no way 
that people are going to ring the bells like crazy and then just stop in unison. 60 or 50,000, 60,000 people at once are not going to stop. Now, Matt, here's the here's what's going on. And doggone, uh, they do. They do stop. At Mississippi State, most of your fans have actually graduated college. Bingo. Well, that can't be said for a lot of schools. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> so they can follow instructions. That's right. And they have. I couldn't believe it. I'm not naming names. And it's actually, people will argue that when they put the cowbells down and just yell at the top of their lungs, it's actually louder. What I contend, <clears throat> I've been on the field when cowbells are ringing loud, and I don't think it's as loud on the field cowbells are as they are to the rest of us in the stands when they do that. The other thing is I never had a problem communicating verbally on the field through the cowbell noise. Now, yes, I play for state, so it wasn't probably as bad as when the opponent was on the field. But I contend you're talking about frequencies. Yeah, I understand audio. You do too, Roger. So think about this theory. If 60,000 people are yelling with their human voice, that's a certain frequency range for every human voice. It's harder for a human voice on the field to cut through that noise and communicate with teammates because it's in the same frequency range. However, cowbells, the frequency of the cowbells, is in the high range. It's like somebody singing soprano in a choir. It's much different than bass. It's way up there. It's a shrill, high-pitch, high-frequency noise. And even though it's loud, my human voice, because it's on a different, different frequency, can cut through that a little better. That's my theory. Anyway, Um. Then you had, at number nine on their list of college football traditions, the Army-Navy game, marching in, which is just incredible. And then number 10, the turnover chain at Miami, which it's like they had a good list going until that one, and then it kind of throws the whole list out. And I do agree that what they left off was this Chief Osceola, the Seminole riding out on the horse, and the horse rears up on its hind legs, and Chief Osceola plants that spear with feathers flowing from it down into the turf. I think that's uh, definitely a good one. Brooks in Lafayette on the text line, 885-ESPN, says, I went to Death Valley for the first time last season, and whenever they played, I want to say, yeah, in Baton Rouge by Garth Brooks, 100,000 people singing it was incredible, so cool, and they play it pregame before kickoff. Yes, they do. Where's this? This is at LSU. You know, the song is Leaving Baton Rouge. Yeah, Leaving Baton Rouge. Yeah. It's irony. Irony. <laughs> but they do. They do. We're going to go out with this. Oh, this is perfect. So the West Virginia fans singing uh, West Virginia Country Roads. Stadium is standing here, man. It's just outstanding. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
If you're on social media, you ever had like a semi-famous person to like or retweet something you posted and it kind of gave you a little jolt of confidence? (laughs) You ever had a celebrity talk to you or something on Twitter? We've all got our stories. Uh, About a week ago, I posted a clip from, uh, I was watching some old games last year, Louisiana Lafayette because that's who State plays first this year. Saw a play that I thought was a really great design in their bowl game, and I tweeted it out and said, look at this thing that Billy Napier and Rob Sale at ULL drew up. And several days later, it popped up on my timeline, a like from Billy Napier, head football coach, Louisiana Lafayette. So it's kind of neat to see that. He's in the news, though, by the way. I don't know if you saw this, but... So there's a story on ESPN that said... Louisiana Raging Cajuns coach Billy Napier wants to see each of his players become dues-paying members of the school's booster club and asked his team to spend a a minimum of $50 each to join it. He said in a news conference this week that booster club memberships were about gratitude It forms a bond, he says, between the players and the school. The quote was, that's probably a little bit unheard of and a little bit unique, but I think this is a place where I think that would be appreciated. I think it's part of the type of program we want to have. He said the memberships were mandatory. So get this. He said in a press conference, whether he meant it or not, he he said that it was mandatory for the scholarship football players on his team, to pay the $50 fee to join the school's booster club. Then the school issued a statement today correcting the language, suggesting they were simply, quote, strongly encouraged (laughs) to join the booster club. (laughs) So it... He said it in a press conference. It hits the national stage two days later. People going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want your players to pay a fee to be in a booster club? And to avoid the stink, the school goes, ah, no, 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 no. It's not mandatory. He said that, but that's not what he meant. What he meant was they are, quote, strongly encouraged. (laughs) Like, what is the... (laughs) In inches, what is the difference between mandatory and strongly encouraged? (laughs) Wink, wink. Yeah, like, what is it? What if you were a kid? You had mandatory chores. It was your job every week to monitor the trash can, and when it filled up, it's your job. It's your chore among the family to pull the trash out of the trash can, take it to the trash can, throw it in, put a new bag in the the can. Take out the trash. It's mandatory. But what if your parents looked at you and said, hey, it's not mandatory, but look at me in the eye. It is strongly encouraged that you do this. We got it? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay, good. (laughs) Strongly encouraged. All right, we got it. Football scoop saying the same thing. Roger, let me ask you a question before we get out of time here today. Yep. Have you seen 
any of the stories, heard any of the news, or seen any of the smoke emanating from all this stuff of selling alcohol in football stadiums and college football? I haven't heard any updates on it. Is there anything yes. shaking? There's got, i got a news story for you here. Not stirred. Right. So the SEC lifted the conference regulation, and now it's up to the schools individually the to decide, yeah. and the state, in, in our case, the, the state that stayed in Ole Miss or in, to decide if they want to allow sales of beer and wine and stuff inside collegiate venues. Many schools, Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, have already said, we're going to sell it. We're going to sell alcohol at a football game starting whenever. Well, you better price it right because yeah. otherwise they're just going to do what they've been doing. You know the dumbest thing I've seen? The absolute, and, and y'all feel free to run and tell this, one of the dumbest things I've seen in a long time from a national media person. Barrett Salee, he's now with CBS, put on Twitter it, that they should do it, and one of the reasons was he goes, do you want people to be beer drunk or whiskey drunk? There's a distinction there. Whiskey drunks falling off the club level. Okay. I tell you Beer what, drunks I, annoying your neighbor. Let me let me answer the no. I, let me answer the question. I don't want anybody drunk. It ain't up to me. Are they going to get drunk? Sure. Ask me that question about somebody I love. Do I want a family member or a close friend to be one kind of drunk versus another kind of drunk? I don't want to be drunk. Come on, Barrett. That's just dumb. All right, but here's the thing. Let's add Tennessee to the list. Tennessee is the latest SEC school to say it's going to sell alcoholic beverages at upcoming home football games. But get this, Roger. Here we go. You want some money? <laughs> here we go. School officials said alcohol sales will begin with the second home game, September 7th, against BYU. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call a soft open. <laughs> Today on National Joke Day, you just delivered the <laughs> you just delivered the best punchline we've had all day. <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to be overcrowded that first time. <laughs> We're gonna host BYU and sell alcohol starting that game. <laughs> Might intimidate the Mormons a little bit. Hey, listen, Tennessee just can't get it right, huh? Tennessee. Can you pick some other fan base, and that way you could sell it to the whole stadium? <laughs> has has uh, BYU come to state before? BYU came to Starkville in the early two thousands. They came to Ole Miss in about oh seven, eight. So when that whatever. when that many, you know, and this is you know no no disrespect. When that many Mormons come to campus, do they go and knock on everybody's door? No. Okay. Man, I was coming through uh, West Point the other day, Roger, headed back to Tupelo. So I'm headed north on Highway 45, and up ahead there was this massive storm. You know, one of those where you're on the edge of it, you can see the lightning and the dark skies ahead, and the wind, you got sunshine, but the wind is like just blowing, you know? And on Highway 45, in the middle of nowhere, pedaling south on two bicycles were a couple of, looked like Mormons. Yeah. Yeah. They had been in the um, Mennonite country over there in Egypt, you know, and were 
out on Highway 45 alongside the highway, pedaling their bicycles towards West Point as fast as they could go. That's what you call an optimist right there. They're going to try to convert some Mennonites mm-hmm. in a thunderstorm. i tell you what. They were getting the heck out of Dodge, though, at that point, and I don't blame them. No, yeah. but look, so BYU, several, you know, BYU, Mormons, no alcohol, no caffeine. When we went and played a game at BYU a couple of years ago, Roger, when I say we, Mississippi State, ahead of time, people said, listen, be prepared. But like when you get to the stadium, there's not going to be a single caffeinated drink. There ain't no Diet Coke up there. There's no coffee. So in preparation of that, this is the honest truth. I went to the store. I bought one of these little small Makes a little bitty, teeny, tiny pot of coffee. You know, a little small coffee maker. I packed it in my bag. Didn't have Keurig back then. Didn't. Well, we did. I just didn't want to bring a Keurig. Oh. And this thing was cheap. It cost me like 10 bucks <laughs> at Kroger. Might get confiscated. You know, it's a small enough pot of coffee that it makes like maybe two cups or three or four max, you know. I, I'm, I'm but I plugged guess it up. that you became the most popular man in that stadium. <laughs> well, I hit it. I was in the um, you know the visiting broadcast booth for radio, and so up under my desk where we sit, up there broadcasting the game with Jim Ellis, and I put the plug the coffee maker up. We just made our own right up there. And I'm like, you know, gotta have coffee. Out in the audience, somebody was going, "Hey, yeah. you smell that?" Right. We got heathen. He's like heathen smoking or something. <laughs> I smell coffee. I mean, Tennessee's going to sell alcohol and wait till BYU comes to town to do it. Come on now. Uh, text line. Let me finish this up for you. 885-ESPN. Somebody texted in and said that cowbells are awful. They spelled cowbells two words. Figure that out. Gator Man texted in and said, watch uh, this. It's a YouTube video. That's how we're video. going out. Florida fans honor Tom Petty. It's on YouTube. Okay, so we got that coming for you here, Gator Man, in just a bit. We'll send you into the weekend with that. And Tim says, I see that Danny Etling got cut. What a surprise. Tim, help me out. Danny Etling, former Purdue quarterback, transferred to LSU, former LSU quarterback, drafted by the Patriots. They converted him to wide receiver here in the preseason, and now he is cut. Been a fun show, Roger. I hope you have a great weekend, man. Thanks. You too, man. Everyone else, thanks for listening in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team into the weekend. A little Tom Petty and the Florida Gators in the swamp taking you out. See you all Monday. Hey, man. Will, hey. Don't back down. I'm not. Get me out of here, person. of smart pills has been distributed, and I'm slap worn out. So I'll just say, so long, neighbors. Get me out of here, person.